Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton, Greg White, and Kevin L. Jackson here with you on Supply Chain. I welcome to today's live stream. Good Kevin, morning. Greg, how are we doing today? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's rainy, though. But there's a poster rain on Monday. <laughs> Greg, is that true? Is that true? <laughs> Uh, not raining here. Uh, it, uh, it's it's actually pretty nice here, but uh, yeah, I, I'm in doing great, of course. So lots well, happening. Of course, what can you do down in sunny Hilton? <laughs> well, he's doing a lot of, but Kevin, he's doing a lot of um, um, calculations and and right. logistic research and. Exactly. Index, in right out in research. Let's oh, in call person, it that. yeah, yeah. It's, right. it's, it's been pretty rare over the past two years that in-person part. That I agree. Right. So in real life, that's why that's why we had to come to such a place where we could be in person <laughs> without being too close, right? That so is you're right. willing to give it up for the team, Kevin. <laughs> I know, I know. I really appreciate that. Bringing, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, you were cool in real life before in real life was cool. <laughs> IRL, latest <laughs> latest acronym. I learned that last week that it's a real thing as we were down in it Sapphire with, with SAP. So IRL, as you reconnect with folks that you've been connecting with digitally. But speaking of digitally, Greg and Kevin, yes, today this is this is the supply chain buzz, digital transformers takeover. Not addition, Whoa! but takeover. Woo. <laughs> So we're going to wow. be sharing some of the leading stories, developments across global business. We're going to be discussing a variety of topics. Uh, and joining us momentarily will be Kim Winter, one of our faves around here for sure. So buckle up, folks. Get ready because we want to hear from you, too. So we got a lot of folks already chiming in uh, in the cheap seats. We're going to give shout outs here in just a second. But, hey, we want to hear from you throughout the session. This should be a great conversation. So Greg and Kevin. I'm going to dive yeah. in. We've got three quick announcements. I'm going to shoot through these pretty quick because we've got a jam-packed episode. And then we'll we'll say hello to a few folks. That sound good? Sounds good. Look at all those people coming in. I, yeah. Hey, they're wow. ready. They're hey, ready. It's been a tough weekend. Bring in some more chairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they all want a buzz. It's been a tough weekend, evidently. <laughs> so, um, But up first, so Wednesday is a culmination of months and months of hard work for our team and our partners as we uh, you know, dove into stories from across the globe from a supply chain procurement standpoint. So y'all join us as we reveal all the winners and we hear from uh, Coupa and we hear from Hope for Justice on the 18th, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time sharp. So check out the link uh, to do just that uh, in a couple weeks, I guess next week, rather May 24th. We've got a great, our next great webinar with our uh, fine friends at Shiphawk, the 10 Com, um, competencies. Say that word seven times yeah. fast, Greg. I'm not competent <laughs> Of best in class warehouses. Now, it's really important to practice, Scott. I told you. <laughs> Kevin, I was in practice. <laughs> practice. Man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Alan Iverson. Yes, Alan Iverson. Um, 
But folks, for this webinar coming up on May 24th, yeah, we're going to hit some of the um, the common hitters. We're going to do that really quick, and we're going to get to the stuff that really are differentiators. So join us for that May 24th webinar. And finally, uh, we're very honored to partner with our friends at Vector Global Logistics as we continue uh, this uh, powerful and impactful series, Leveraging Logistics for Ukraine. They're moving the working sessions to every other week, right? We're trying to get more action done between the working sessions. The next one is May 24th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. You'll find the link in the comments. We'd love to have y'all join us. Hey, even if you're not in a position to donate, and even if you're kind of disconnected from what's going on, and at least like boots on the ground there in uh, Europe, come in and and to to, to uh, gather some of that market intel. You'll leave much more informed, not only about the situation, but also ways that you can help. So join us on May 24th at 11 a.m. And Greg, that's where I want to pick it up with you uh, and yeah. Kevin. Hmm. You know, purpose is so important here uh, for our team and, and all of our yeah. hosts and, and, um, and, you know, global supply chain pr practitioners and leaders and organizations. We are in a unique position to do so much good for so many different causes. So I want to get both of y'all to kind of weigh in really quick on that, Greg, when it comes to purpose. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about give forward, right? A lot of companies have talked about giving back when they get to it. That's kind of what it means is once we've made our profit, once we've, you know, established our other business values, then we come back to kind of come back to uh, giving. And this whole notion of give forward, which is a core principle of what they do at Vector and, and of course, of their founder and, and managing director, Enrique Alvarez. I think that's an important way to think about it. And to that specific point, Scott, I think people would be amazed at how affordable it is to really make some change in regards mm. to Ukraine. What Enrique and his team have done to get big companies like Hopog Lloyd to basically do everything but completely donate containers. They're basically... Uh, allowing you to purchase them for cost to ship the goods there. It's things like that, right? When when Give Forward goes viral, is the, it's that's really inspirational. Awesome. I completely echo what you just shared, Kevin. Well, I mean, uh, my last show with uh, Marcin Bizansky, I don't know, maybe we can put it in the link. So if anyone uh, didn't catch that, you should really uh, listen to that because it it <laughs> – it changed my uh, worldview when it when it comes to refugees, right? You know, whenever you see that word, you know, refugees, you you know, you imagine, you know, people, you know, dragging a, a wagon with everything they have, no clothes, no food, you know, just dragging themselves across the border. And then Marcin, I mean, yes, that's happening in, in Eastern Europe. But there are a lot of people, these people need jobs. I never really right. thought about jobs for refugees. And, and right. Martin is, is uh, delivering jobs, helping refugees from Ukraine uh, in Poland find professional jobs, you know, uh, in supply chain, in technology. And uh, it's, uh, it's really uh, also a new way of thinking about the gig economy. So right. um, I, I, it really opened my eyes. <laughs> mm. So y'all can check out that episode on Digital Transformers, which, of course, is available wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, 
with that said, we got so much to get into. I want to say hello to a few folks, uh, some of our dear friends from across the globe. Brenda Allen is back with us, of course, with Kenny Bob's Foods. She sent us samples. They're delicious, folks. Uh, <laughs> great to have you here with us, Brenda, from Tennessee. Uh, Amrit is tuned in via LinkedIn. Hey, let us know where you're tuned in from. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. Uh, Ola is tuned in also via LinkedIn. Uh, Ryan Roach from beautiful, sunny Iowa. Uh, sunny iowa man that's good yeah it's good hey also uh, i want to uh go back to that tennessee you know she's, yeah. she's uh giving things from tennessee there's yes a, brenda allen uh yeah yeah brenda uh there's some jack and daniels um that uh, <laughs> uh it would be really nice if um you just sort of send it <laughs> Brenda, hey, uh, I love that, Kevin. And thanks for your generosity, for sure. Uh, Brenda, it's a great call out, Kevin. I bet, um, you know, they make sauces, so they may have something that may or may soon have something that's got a little infusion that might be yeah, interesting. Yeah, you can, you. You, can, you can infuse. You can put Jack Daniels in anything. It's <laughs> true. Uh, Catherine, great to see you here today uh, from Connecticut. Catherine Whitehouse tuned in via LinkedIn from Connecticut. Great to see you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Alpha Mamadou is tuned in via LinkedIn from Ghana. Great to see you here via LinkedIn. Thanks so much for joining us. Bonita from the Canadian Rockies. Wow. Yeah. Wherever that is, it's beautiful. If it's it in the Canadian Rockies. Yeah. And we may have a production team. It looks like and big uh, sidebar. Big thanks to Amanda, Catherine, and Chantel. If we have any technical issues, just let us know. Brenda, hope we can get that rectified. Uh, Natalie is tuned in once again from Charlotte. Great to see you, Natalie. Uh, Suleiman is tuned in via LinkedIn. Hey, let us know where you're tuned in from, uh, Suleiman. Great to have you here today. One of our faves, Josh Goody from Seattle is back with us. Josh is always dropping the knowledge here on our live He didn't streams. say sunny or rainy this time. He just said <laughs> Seattle. So my guess is partly cloudy. A little bit of wind. <laughs> I think you nailed it, Greg. Uh, Dr. Rhonda is back with us. Happy Monday all. Getting my run in this morning, she says. Right. While, while learning what's up in the supply chain now, we'll bring the positive energy one. I love that. Uh, Peter Bolay all night and all day. Good morning, everybody. He's setting up his 10 by 12 foot steel gazebo on Saturday in 90 plus degree weather. Took him six Ooh. hours for a team of three to complete. What a job, but all set for summer now, Peter says. Now, now he's ready to enjoy some cold beverages under that thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Amrit is tuned in from Toronto, the beautiful city of Toronto. Oh, so I love Toronto. That is wonderful. Hey, T-Squared, we do owe him. So T-Squared holds down the fort for us on YouTube. We've got to get your email so we can send you your trivia prize that you won when Stephanie Stuckey was, was with us last time. So if you could, T-Squared, shoot a note. To or, or I tell you what, reach out to Amanda or I on LinkedIn, and we'll get connected if we aren't, and then shoot us your um, your email, okay, via LinkedIn message. We got to make sure we get that to you. Uh, Vertic Verticalo uh, tuned in via YouTube. Let us know somebody where tall. you're tuned in from. Somebody, <laughs> somebody Let tall. Us know how tall you are. Also. Look up, look up. <laughs> hey, hey, Kelly Barner, the one and only. Wow. Of we are great enough, Kevin. Who leads P for procurement and buyers meeting point does good work at art of procurement. Of course, the awards our partners there. So great to see right. Kelly. And finally, and folks keep it coming. We're going to try to reference these throughout the show today. Michael is tuned in from sunny, but also rainy winter Springs, Florida. Michael, thanks for joining us here 
today. Let's see, okay. this time of year in Winter Springs, Florida, it's going to be rainy at 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. probably. <laughs> Predictive and analytics. Honey in between. That, that, that's how it goes on your golf course. That field. is. <laughs> um, well, so as excited as I am for the three of us to catch up and knock out, uh, and again, it's the third Monday of each month. It's our digital transformers takeover with one and only Kevin L. Jackson. As excited as I am to navigate through our conversation with both of you, we've got to bring in one of our favorite guests. Yes. Uh, I want to welcome in Kim Winner, Group Managing Director with Logistics Executive Group. Yes. Kim. Yes, yeah. always with the swoosh, Kim. <laughs> the man with the Good swoosh. afternoon. Good evening. How you doing, Kim? Salam alaikum, gentlemen. Uh, always my great honor to be in the presence of the three musketeers <laughs> of the supply chain. <laughs> well, but great to have you back. One, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, really. And I'm here. And I'm here in a balmy, just ticking under 100 degrees in your temperature. Oh, it's cool. Uh, with the, the romantic <laughs> Shamal winds coming through here as well. Uh, thank you, Kim, for talking our language, and we, and we always try to do the reverse. Uh, but on a more serious note, uh, on behalf of the whole Supply Chain Now team um, here, we want to wish uh, condolences and, and best wishes and prayers to uh, the family of, of uh, the past president, uh, Sheikh Khalifa, and his whole family, and all of you uh, citizens of uh, the UAE. So um, our hearts are with you. Thanks so much, and uh, yeah, we're shukran, shukran, uh, and uh, yeah, we have uh, a time of great sadness here. We've had a time of great celebration with Eid, the passing of Ramadan, and this week, uh, this is a traditional holiday. Now, this is a uh, a farewell holiday to to the Sheikh Khalifa, and coming in. We have His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nayan as the new president and your vice president and Mr. Blinken and most of the leaders of the world have been flying in here over the last 48 hours to pay, pay their respects to uh, the new president of the UAE. Well, I appreciate that. We look forward to learning a lot more about, uh, I think he goes by the acronym MBZ, if I think I forgot that. He does. got that right. He does indeed. And a, and, a, and a loved leader of uh, of the country of the seven airlines mm, here. Mm. Well, great to have you here, uh, Kim. Uh, and by the way, I've got to go back to these comments that we were referencing before you joined us, Kim, on a much lighter note. First up, Michael is just confirming Greg's uh, weather prediction patterns. Really? Florida. Jenny Froome, our best friend from South Africa, uh, Johannesburg, is with us here today saying hello to, to Kim. We're all big fans of Jenny Froome. And Femi, great to have you here once again uh, via LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Jerry Stevens, also from the great city of Cincinnati. Great to see you, Jerry. Okay, so Kevin, yes, uh, one of the things Kim mentioned was some of the celebrations uh, earlier, um, earlier in May and and uh, uh, late April. But you've got you've you've got a um, plenty of reason. All of us do to celebrate because Digital Transformers, Kim and Greg, and the rest of the world. Has has become officially certified a top one hundred podcast in terms of consumption and downloads, all that good stuff. Oh, by our man. friends at Charter, wow. Kevin. How about that? <laughs> wow, you know, thanks, Scott. Thank you very much. But you know, when when you and I discussed the the idea of of me host, hosting a podcast, I was really really skeptical about. 
fitting into a supply chain world. I told you, I don't do supply chain, right? <laughs> but little, but little, little did I know then that a global pandemic was about to change the world and supply chain soon would be on everybody's lips, right? Where's my toilet paper? But, but, but today, right. the importance of technology and digital transformation to every business is reflected by how both are being applied to the global supply chain. And the show's top 100 technology podcast listing is a testament to your foresight, Scott, and your willingness to build a very broad supply chain tent. So thank you. Thank you very much for letting me in the, in the tent. Well, I appreciate your your kind words, but we, but honestly, I think we I think Greg and the whole team here, we've all learned from so much that you brought to the table. You, yeah. your expertise, your guests, just like uh, uh, as Kim has appeared and and we've done shows together, we've learned so much uh, from uh, on a variety of levels um, of what Kim, uh, all of our guests and our hosts, um, what they bring to the table. So thank you all. Congrats, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, that is quite an achievement. And Greg, I'm gonna give you the final word on as we celebrate a top 100 podcast with digital transformers. I mean, I think it, it really goes to the, the interesting confluence of the recognition of digital transformation as necessary and impactful to the world and supply chain at almost the same time, really. And at the same time that I think those of us who've been in supply chain for a long time have recognized, we're all part of supply chain, whether we know it or not, right? And mm -hmm. likewise, we're all part of digital transformation. And it is both are happening, both are expanding, and both are improving, whether we see it or not. So finally, we're just seeing it. And I think mm -hmm. that's really affirming. It's got to be affirming for you, Kevin because I know you've been talking about digital transformation and probably <laughs> felt like you were shouting into the wilderness for yeah. some years, but now there are people listening, right? Yeah. More than echoes. That's great. Yeah, that's that's right. awesome. And well said, Greg, well said, uh, Kim, I'll give you the final word here. Cause you know, we're talking about kind of, you know, beyond the content and the awesome podcast and work that Kevin's doing and our production team's doing, by the way, big shout out there, you know, uh, digital twins, digital transformation, you know, uh, worlds are coming together and aligned and, and are allowing us to serve the consumers much, much more effectively, amongst other things. Kim, your quick comment there. Yeah, I, I guess where I always like to come from is, is my position of strength about understanding the, the people world and, and where human resources and the workforce plays into the digital world. And there's all this talk about AI and digital are going to take over from uh, the workforce from the humans, but uh, clearly that's not true. And, I, and I've got to put a call out right now to the guys from Accenture. As you know, uh, Scott, I'm emceeing the uh, global the uh, Gulf Petrochemical Association three-day conference tomorrow, and I happen to have some data and some research from Francesco from Accenture here, which gives me some great data. So just quickly, if you're talking about the impacts and what's going to happen with digital and how it's being uh, undermined by the shortage of, of workforce and, and labour in that whole space. There's some research here that I'll, we'll talk a bit about later on, but that 84% of uh, companies saying they won't achieve their growth objectives unless they scale digital. Mm -hmm. One piece of data. Other 
another piece of data is sea levels say they don't set scale if they don't scale digital in the next five years, they think they'll be out of business. <laughs> yeah. Back at you. you know, so that's pretty <laughs> so that's, that's a bold, I mean, really. They, so you know, there's no option. That's a bold but safe bet, Kim. And and, and as sorry to mean to cut to cut you off there, but um there is no option. We got we have to lean in and embrace it. So excellent. Uh, there, Kim. We look forward to some of the, to get getting some of your research data points from the upcoming event. Um, okay, and then and officially, welcome, Kim. Great to have you here today. All right, so Kevin, let's see where are we starting as we dive into the heavy lifting. And folks, again, we want to hear from you all throughout the conversation here today. Uh, we are starting with our first story, where Tool, Tools Group, who's mm-hmm. been with us earlier, Greg Tools Group, has conducted a study in conjunction with CSCMP, and the data shows. Kim alluded to it. Uh, data, the data shows we've got a couple of major hindrances to digitally transforming global supply chains. So, Kevin, tell us more about this here, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this was this was the third annual study by Tool Group, and 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 they really are a leader in developing planning software. Um, and this this research was done with the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals. And they found that uh, although more companies than ever, about 93% are actively engaged in digital transformation, it's what what Kim said, people skills. And the deficit of those people skills is the number one obstacle to digital transformation, right? And it's really standing in the way of their efforts. The survey involved more than 300 supply chain professionals around the world. They they were very concerned about supply chain delays, uh, about 25%, surging inflation, which is now starting to affect the pocketbook, and escalating fulfillment costs, right? So they're they're, they're linked. And other issues like uh, shorter product life cycles and, and risk of obsolescence or you know additional production options, which were uh, more um, higher on the list, were all significantly less important. So the top objectives for 2022 is developing better and faster reactions to unplanned disruptions while increasing supply chain resilience. Once again, this is what humans are skilled at doing. Last Mm. year's top objective of keeping up with evolving customer behaviors and expectations has really plummeted in this year's survey. This shows just how profoundly external factors are disrupting all supply chain activities. Excellent said. I'm going to come to you next, Greg, here, but really quick. Jerry Levy, our friend from Cincinnati, says, what's driving this digital transformation is how interdependent all departments and manufacturers and retailers are with their supply chain. Mm-hmm. Josh likes that point. And Benita also says, we're all interconnected, whether we know it or not. An event on the other side of the world is going to impact us eventually, if not immediately. Excellent point there, Benita. Okay, Greg, getting back to this study. Uh, from our friends at Tools Group and CSCMP. Uh, what else stands out to you, or what's your take here? Yeah, well, I think um, not just this top issue, right, of people-slash-skills deficits. Um, a lot of that goes to the fact that 
people have been leaving the supply chain industry in droves, baby boomers, right? As we've talked about many times before, they left the workforce at a rate much higher than even was expected. And that was already at 10,000 mm. a day. Um, and, and they took those skills with them. If you think about it, and I, I read an article this morning, and if you think about it, that was the last fully physical generation of workers, mm. right? They did their jobs with their hands to start at least, even though many of them evolved into the computer age and that sort of thing. Every generation, um, since that, including our generation, Generation X, which is very often not included and overlooked, <laughs> um, Gen uh, Millennials and Gen Z have all been technology first, uh, or at least very prominent as as part of their work or as the predominance of their work. So uh, there was a lot of lack of documentation, a lot of physicality to the work. And the new generations, including ours, don't really want to take on that physical work. That's why I think there is room for digital transformation, including robotics. And as I've said before, we need not apologize for automation, autonomous robotics, taking the jobs of human beings, because it's simply not going to happen. People don't want those jobs that are mundane, that are dangerous, that are repetitive, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, they want to use their technical skills to do their job. Or even if they are using physical skills, we can greatly increase their productivity by having robots autonomous and, and automation do those things that are less safe, again, less, less satisfying for human beings. And as Kevin just said, less fit to where human beings really accelerate, which is making rapid game-changing decisions in short order with insufficient or incorrect data. That's what humans do that technology cannot. Yeah, those robots uh, don't have that those seven pounds of gray matter. They're, they're leverage. Right. So. I'm not <laughs> sure if I got all my... More, but it does <laughs> a lot. Better, I'm not sure if uh, I got my full seven pounds. Kevin. I'll go back and conduct an inventory of that. But hey, Kim... Uh, Kevin and Greg sharing some really some golden nuggets here. And we're going to get back to the comments in a minute. But what's your take here, Kim? Well, I just want to come back to that point, uh, both, both Kevin and, and Greg, about uh, about the, the replacement issue, uh, AI and robots in particular. Did you see the uh, story LinkedIn, I think it was, with Elon Musk saying that robots are going to be bigger than cars? Did you see no. that? I did not. You didn't. Not physically bigger, that was but more prominent. Going to be a bigger industry. Oh, unquestionably. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Unquestionably. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she was. And you're talking about price <laughs> and, and it being really affordable and will just be, be moving. But he also said it's not going to hit the labor shortage of the workforce because there's still an incredible demand. He also had discussion about the cost of everything coming down to the robot. Different day subject perhaps but let me throw a little bit back to you scott uh throw some cream on the cake that's being talked about here a little bit more research that 73 percent of supply chain leaders agree that their function doesn't have all the talent needed to meet the current supply chain performance requirements we're talking about digitization automation new skills that will be needed and on top of that 70 percent of the companies surveyed the leading companies are building a talent pool of AI and machine learning skills to enable real-time monitoring of manufacturing operations. Mm. So what, three, five years ago was, you know, this digitization thing, everybody get better get on board. And I know, Greg, 
you've you've talked a lot about this in the last twelve months or so. It's just ubiquitous, existential. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big word. I need to go back and look up what what you're talking wow. about there. But, yeah. uh, hey, I learned in New Zealand. Really quick, though. Yeah, yeah. Before, before yeah. you go, Scott, I want to yeah. apologize to you. Uh, you said you were a little lacking on the, the you know, the work in the brain. Seven pounds. Yeah, the seven pounds. The average, the average person is, is three pound brain. I'm sorry. I mean, you're probably okay. I, I'm just thinking about my own heavy head. So. <laughs> oh gosh. Wait. Well, well, he know, is a rocket scientist. <laughs> he is a rocket scientist. Well, kidding aside, though. Kidding aside, you know, uh, more talent got to compete for talent you got to compete for top talent you know there's a lot of lip service in that not, not here in our panel but out in the industry and i think one key lesson to be learned here if you're as you're leading organizations are you really a top talent magnet you're really conducting that internal audit um, interviewing the folks that have been recently onboarding or have departed the organization and find where your gaps are it's so important to become a talent um true talent super competitor I got to share a couple of comments here from the audience. Uh, so I got my Jerry's mixed up. My apologies. Jerry Stevens is in Cincinnati. Jerry loves uh, what Greg said about human guided AI as being the current pathway. Jerry Levy, which I'm not sure. Jerry, let us know where you're tuned in from. He says, amen, Greg. It's true that the uh, baby, boomer, baby boomer generation started doing everything manually, but have been intimate with the automation process in all areas of the supply chain making right. them the experts in the process that's lacking in younger generations. And as our panel knows, uh, organizations trying to document that terrible knowledge before right. the continued resignation, right, Greg? Yeah, that is the biggest gap is so much of what they've done. How many times have you worked with a company and someone said, I just know, you know, how do you know how to do that? I just know. How do you know that's right? I just know. And the truth is, that's very often the case because it's experiential learning that has taught them that. And the capture of the process of utilizing that experience to, to, cre to create the outcomes has not been documented. So Right. You can't get rid of us baby boomers yet, right? <laughs> All right. You that's need, right. You're still useful you to us, Kevin. You need that experience. <laughs> that's not true. It's so true, and they need it really documented, too, so that that transfer uh, can take place very effectively. Uh, Ariva tuned in from North Carolina, a buyer uh, out in the market. Great to see you, Ariva. Let's see here. Benita. Is that Panama City Beach? No, not in North Carolina. Where would that be? I'm not sure. So, Ariva, yeah, let's know what that tell company us about is. PCB. Uh, Benita is worried as well about, you know, I was worried about my my seven pounds. Benita, we can do an uh, audit later. <laughs> Natalie says... Great point. Even in the customer experience space, we're talking about bot virtual assistants versus human assistants. That's See that all the time. Yep. I mean, you can almost you can almost tell when it's. And sometimes you really can tell when it's a bot. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sarah says hello from South Carolina. Collaboration initiatives initiatives encourages early human adoption of digitalization strategies. Uh, excellent point there, Sarah. And we were mm -hmm. just down. A, Greg still is still there, but I was just down in Charleston, Hilton Head uh, over the weekend. Um, a lot of other comments we can't get to right quick, uh, so y'all, but y'all keep them coming. Hey, Mohib is tuned in from uh, from Kansas, uh, but resilient, yes, resilient Andover, Kansas. I love that yeah. Mohib, and our hearts and, and prayers are certainly uh, with you. Okay, 
So uh, on a much lighter note, really quick, Kevin, before we hit your second news article, Greg, we, we got to give a shout out to our friends at Alfred's in Hilton Head Island. We had the best dinner down there Saturday night. So if you're looking for really good food, Greg, where do they go in Hilton Head? Yeah, who would think that you would go, one, to an island, and two, to South Carolina to get some of the best German food? Now, Sylvia Judy, she might have an opinion here, um, and we would welcome her to give us a review, come down and give us a review. But Alfred's is German and continental food, outstanding. Keith and Linda, the owners there, do a great job, great hosts, as well as great uh, service and food providers. You yeah. know, there may be a trend there. You know, the best Italian food I have ever had was on an island. And that island hmm. was Sri Lanka. It was gone. <laughs> it was let's gone. make a trip. Uh, the four of us, let's, let's make a trip. <laughs> um, all right, really quick here. Closing uh, my housekeeping list here. Jerry is from Atlanta, fellow ATLer. Ah. Uh, right here, Arriva is is Halifax, North Carolina, where they make cable sensors and crystal. And T squared says you caught it right on Gen X being overlooked. After the boomers, folks are running straight to the <laughs> Well, T squared, as I said, when some some writer uh, for CN, CNN, I think, said. Now from boomers running the country, it will be millennials and, and Gen Z. I said, if it's millennials and Gen Z, the next president will live at home with their parents. <laughs> Homework. Yeah, working from home. Yeah. Mom. <laughs> In the basement. In mom's yeah. basement. <laughs> yeah. Well, we used to have a lot of fun around podcasters, uh, Greg. We used to say we 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 yes we have a podcast no we don't live in the basement and <laughs> yeah we don't do it from our mother's basement uh, that's right all right um so let's move right along there's so much to get into here today and y'all keep the comments coming but up next kevin uh, from our friends at deloitte we're talking about the business case for digital supply networks so yeah. kevin tell us more so um this article talked specifically about digital supply networks in life sciences, how how that can help optimize operations and inventories to free up capital and, and research and development investment. So life science digital supply networks also help improve customer satisfaction, fulfill the regulator's request and speed up innovation. So the audience, or maybe you, may be asking, what is a digital supply network? Well, well, these things, these digital supply networks, establish a digital thread through the physical and digital channels. They connect information, goods, and services in powerful ways by capturing signals and data from the physical world to create a digital record. So these digital supply networks are applicable in any business. They can address the challenges with optimizing the management of inventories, reliability, and the visibility of products that are moving across your supply chain or your operational web. They can help with your efficiencies and product yields. So if you are a manager, how could a focus on your digital supply network help your business? Mm. Greg, 
Well, I think the key word here is network. Look, I mean, we have just finally, and I wouldn't even say it's settled, we've mm-hmm. just finally switched from calling it logistics to transportation to whatever to supply chain. And now I believe nearly everyone considers themselves part of the of the supply chain, though manufacturers often choose to stand alone and consider manufacturing somehow outside the supply chain. Um, and often logistics providers as well. We're getting there though. But the truth is maybe we ought to skip over this whole notion of chain and go to network as Kevin and I have talked about it at at, um, panel sessions before, or even I've talked to some companies who consider it a mesh, more like an organic kind of network. Like, um, I think it was Bonita who said what, you know, the butterfly effect, what happens where Kim is affects us where we are and vice versa. Um, but I think if we think about it from an organic standpoint, roots and wind and water and trees and all of that, I mean, there are various types of connections. The, the thing that is really changing here is this recognition that there is an interconnectivity and interdependence, um, as, as someone said earlier, and that we need to nurture and expand on that to not just thrive, but really to survive in terms of supply chain. Everything is so interconnected. We have to acknowledge and embrace that. All right. So Kim, I'm coming to you next, but really quick, as Greg was sharing that, I don't know about, I don't know why, but the analogy that came to my mind is, uh, you know, I don't know about y'all, but when I eat, I've got to have the peas over here. I've got to have the corn over here. I've got to have this. Everything's got to be separate. Our food doesn't touch, huh? There, right. There's, there's a but. word for that. Starts with an A and ends with an L. A. A. Second letter is E. But what Greg is describing is that that is not modern day global supply chain. It's all connected. Like my uncle Richard, he liked everything touching everything, right? With a piece of cornbread. Um, and that's really as what uh, Greg is alluding to. That's that's reality. That, well, that's reality, or maybe better yet, the opportunity for leadership teams that get it and act on it. So Kim, uh, your thoughts. So notwithstanding that these two (laughs) make my head, make my head hurt (laughs) when they talk about this stuff. And also the fact that I'm a digital twin virgin. Uh, Oh, digital twin virgin. Oh, I gotta write that one down. (laughs) (laughs) What this is playing back to Scott, is the fact that you'll remember a couple of months ago we were talking about supply chain webs as in spider webs. That's right. And, you yeah. know, you're right, Greg, and the butterfly, but let's get to the spider, right, because really it is ubiquitous. It is, it is the data is everywhere. And without being the expert here, I simply will say this, that one of our clients who has a lot of boats, names shall remain unnamed, uh, of the last 6,000 people they've employed in the last 12 months, I think it's four and a half or more thousand of those people have been in the digital realm, hmm. in the in the supply chain space, and mm-hmm. digital AI, e-com. So I mean, you know, this this is all over us. It's a tsunami. It well, is. Uh, yeah, it is. And you're referring. So I like like the idea of a, of a, a spider and a spider web because that the spider is sitting in and it's it's, it's listening for signals from the web around them. You right. know, you're right. As soon as they get that signal, they know where to go eat, right? <laughs> so um, may, maybe that's a that's a better way than a, a network. That that web is a good analogy. 
Agreed. And, and you know, uh, Kim, you're referencing our chat with uh, Mark Holmes with Inner Systems, who's doing some really cool That's work. It. He's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, supply right. chain fabric, supply chain webs. And by the way, quick shout out to Mark and his team because they helped us help support our one of our nonprofit partners, Vets2Industry.org. Uh, so big shout out to Mark and the team. Okay. Uh, really quick, a couple comments. All three of y'all are genius. Uh, I love your take here and your humorous takes. You know, I got to keep it light so folks can embrace it. Um, uh, let's see. Natalie said it had a great point. And we we're talking about the transfer of tribal knowledge. As soon as we write it down, it changes. <laughs> so That's true. We're going to see that. And we're actually going to see some new terminology from one of the other articles that we're going to discuss today. Right. Um, I mean, I've been in this awesome. industry a long time, Trains never seen awesome. a couple of these acronyms that we're about to see. <laughs> and Catherine says primal knowledge, not tribal, primal. I love that. Love it. Uh, let's see here. Um, T-Square says the skills gap is the overarching issue in this. The Rudy George relationship needs to be further embraced. Uh, Jose Montoya uh, checking in from Southern California, I think. Jose and his team are, are growing and exploding over there. Jose, I hope this finds you well. That marine layer is probably still in Southern California, so it's still foggy there, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, I think so. Yeah, the big month is June in San Diego. You're, de you're dead on. Oh, right. You were stationed out there, of course, right? <laughs> the, weather, the, we the weather forecast in San Diego is all the same. We'll have a marine inversion <laughs> until noon, and then it will be sunny in 73. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so much to tackle, so little time, uh, Kevin, Greg, and Kim. I want to move on to our last article that um, Greg was referencing earlier. And we're talking about from our friends via the manufacturer, more and more virtual tools are being leveraged for supply chain management. Now, um, you know, we always see the same graphic when our virtual tours come, you know, we always see that same graphic, but more and more it's becoming a reality. So tell us more, Kevin. So um, supply chains are, you know, it's not a secret. Supply chains are scrambling around the world and they're, they're trying to figure out the quote new normal as organizations need to consider using cloud-based virtual tools to keep everything running smoothly and to keep the visibility across the supply chain. So virtual twin, yes, Kim, virtual twins, you can't be, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't uh, be a virgin anymore. Virtual twin tools can provide a single source of truth and help with advanced decision-making across the product build process. This helps manage risk because manufacturers need to be able to avoid those catastrophes and, and help lower costs and to move fast when they see that new opportunity. Uh, to do this, they really need to have insights from valuable data sources, those signals, like, like the spider, right? To help inform these decisions. It sounds a lot like that digital supply network or the digital supply web, doesn't it? So these tools, should include sales and operations planning, which allows the manufacturers full visibility into factors that affect marketing, finance, and operations in order to bridge the gap between sales and operations. Secondly, it needs to really allow for the integration 
uh, with the adjacent business processes, things like accurate production planning, with the ability to manage obstacles to profitability, like high inventory levels or, or poor delivery performance. And, and finally, these tools need to support accurate logistics and workforce planning. This helps increase the operational efficiency and improve the resource utilization in order to reduce costs. This also ensures productivity and employee satisfaction can remain high. Mm. Yeah, um, all right, so there's a lot to unpack here. Really quick though, and Greg, I'm coming to you next. When I see this uh, and these tools, these virtual tools, do you all remember the 1994 movie Disclosure with Demi Moore mm. and Donald Sutherland and Michael Douglas? And there was a portion there where they go back into the hotel and they're moving files mm. on this virtual reality. I mean, it's finally becoming a reality, I think, based real. on what uh, Kevin is sharing. So, Greg, what say you here? So, I read through this entire article and I was fascinated by both the recognition of need to use cloud native technology, a recognition that retail and distribution supply chain had about a decade ago. Um, and also some of the terms that they used. One uh, part well, that I'll quote is uh, to managing uh, manufacturers execution schedule to ensure that the plan is optimal at all times and that service levels are met at minimum costs. That constant use of that term cost um, it displays an old-fashioned way of, of running supply chains. It is, the supply chain, I will always argue, there is only one job, deliver. Deliver to eliminate as much risk as possible. So it should say service levels, meaning how well you serve your customer, you know, um, on time in full, let's just call it. And I mean, real on time and in full, not however you manipulate it to make your KPIs look better. Um, are met at minimum cost, not at minimum cost, minimum risk. We must consider cost only one of the significant risks that we have in supply chain, not the driving risk, because we have managed supply chains to minimize cost for too long, and it created fragility in other parts of our network, our mesh, our web, whatever we want to call it. And we can't have that weakness in our web or else the spider can't get to the fly to get dinner. So we have to <laughs> we have to make sure that we take a, a more modern perspective. So this is a very uh, this is someone or a group of authors with a still very old fashioned perspective on the supply chain, but still trying to reach into the future with things like um, with things like digital twins, which are a very uh, accurate and cost effective and risk reducing way of changing manufacturing or distribution techniques or whatever. So you don't have to build a secondary factory in real life, IRL. Thank you for that, guys. <laughs> um, you build it in, and in, in some cases, you build it in the metaverse, right? You build it in a virtual environment, and then you test those fragilities and resiliencies and, and transitions and, and physical and di digital strengths and weaknesses of your supply chain before you actually employ it in the physical world. Yeah, remember that zero cost means a zero capability. <laughs> so, so it's not necessarily, the, you know, reducing costs is not all, always good. 
you know, you get what you pay for. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you said a very high flutin version of that, uh, Kevin, but (laughs) you boil it down. You get what you pay for Kim, uh, your take on all these virtual tours, tools and where we're headed. Suffice to say, I feel discombobulated by the uh, princes of digital process over here. Uh, (laughs) That notwithstanding, I'm just going to throw a bit more cream on the digital cake here, right? And and I'm not engineering this, but uh, I just happen to have access. Again, the folks at Accenture, please forgive me if it isn't supposed to be released until tomorrow. But 76%, back to your point, Greg, 70%, 76% of sea level on the survey that they've done uh, are going to struggle to scale digital across their business at all. 76% just really struggling to scale. 8% of all of the proof of concepts don't get to the next stage, arguably because they're not able to translate it. This is where the people come in. Tim, did you say 8 of 10? Eight of ten? Eight of ten. Wow. Eight of ten of all digital proof of concepts don't progress to the next stage. Wow. And given given that you are one of the gurus globally of advising companies of how to go digital and, and Kevin yourself in this in this bucket, uh, you know, that's a big number of opportunity for consulting firms, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots <laughs> of opportunity. The 80%. And I'm just gonna finish off the cherry on the cake or the bug into the web. The spider the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is that 50% of all supply chain expect, executives expect to have a new technology leadership role reporting directly to the chief of supply chain in their business by 2025? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, um, one of your reasons why 80% of these digital transformation issues fail because they keep trying to use the same metrics that depend upon the previous manual processes. And they refuse, they refuse to uh, redesign those previous manual processes to take advantage of things like cloud native. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's important to be, uh, to note here that as challenging as digital transformation is clearly by all these numbers, just traditional change is is tough. Supply chain dials report right. on um, Johnson Johnson Snack Foods, which holds the IC brand amongst others. Their ERP implementation is costing them twenty million uh, in 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 uh, in real costs, based on you know what what I would argue is is a much more traditional um, uh, change versus although there's a there's an element of digital transformation there. So change, folks, eureka moment is tough. Imagine that. Um, right. Let's let's do this. Uh, Jerry, right now, change is hard, right? Yeah, change yeah. is hard. It's uh, so forward looking, right? But hey, Jerry Levy, Jerry, I want to uh, suggest you connect with our panel here, but but certainly Kim, particularly uh, who's Kim, got yeah. offices around the world. Uh, Jerry's asking about where to look for talent and supply chain digitization when supply chain digitization talent is not available. So connect with Kim on that. I'm sure he's got some thoughts. And as we're coming down the loop here, uh, I love that. Kevin, um, uh, too, I think. Kevin, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's absolutely. A book, there's a book that can help. Click to transform oh. it. Amazon <laughs> bestseller. 
Watch that get out. Everything he touches turns to gold. I need, I need to shake your hand more often, Kevin. Clay, great point. As we're going back, talking about webs and, and networks and fabrics. Fungi, I think I said that right, is another naturally occurring communicative network to reference. Excellent point, Clay. Um, okay, so, and uh, Josh Goody, let's see here. Josh says the true cost is going to be measured by the loss of production or the loss of return customers by not delivering, which is something that Greg was, was harping on earlier. Josh also reminded us that Michael Crichton was the author of Disclosure, which was turned into that 1994 movie. I've forgotten that. Um, okay, so um, what I want to do is, Kim, you've already mentioned this upcoming event that you've got, which I think kicks off tomorrow. Uh, let's just remind folks where to get more information there, GP casupplychain.com. Of course, you can also connect with Kim and follow Kim for more information. Your final thought about this uh, great event that kicks off this week. Uh, yeah, well, the Gulf Petrochemical Association event is, uh, is a mainline event here. It'll probably have uh, four or 500 uh, regional players there. It's an exhibition as well. I uh, emceed there in 2019. Fantastic event, a lot of innovation. Digital is going to be big. Uh, new forms of transport, new forms of communication. It's it's really important. And also uh, a big move into diversi diversification and sustainability in this part of the world as the world runs out. Mm. Well, we look forward to getting some of your key takeaways from this event. Yeah. Uh, we'd encourage folks to check that out. I uh, appreciate the work that you do. Uh, Mohib says, actually, digital twins do exist all across the supply chain, not just properly networked together. It will be connected soon enough. Until then, we're all having to enjoy job security and supply chain now, not supply chain future talk show. <laughs> um, I want to um, – so we're going to make sure folks know how to connect with with all of y'all. Uh, and, and Kim, you would, uh, I'm sure, add to your answer, connect with you on LinkedIn, uh, right? Easy to do. You're always putting a lot of great content out there. Um, Jose – ask a great question and this deserves a six hour conversation probably yeah. as we ask uh kevin uh as we ask how can folks connect with you if you any initial thoughts other than get the click the transform book <laughs> yeah. uh which would help yeah, i'm sure accelerate it yeah, yeah, any initial thoughts and how can folks connect with you so my uh, initial thought when anybody asks me is to you you have to be willing to learn you have to really be willing to accept change, and you can't be afraid of failure. You have to accept failure as a part of change. That's where you learn. You learn more from failing than you do from succeeding. And if you want more words like that, just follow me on Twitter at Kevin underscore Jackson uh, or on LinkedIn, either on, on my personal uh, page, Kevin Jackson, or on Digital Transformers with Kevin L. Jackson. And finally, supplychainnow.com slash digital transformers. So I'm awesome. everywhere. He is everywhere. <laughs> That's right. I'll tell you, between Kevin and Kim, uh, uh, Kim was sharing uh, the, the, his travel schedule in the pre-show. Oh, wow. And yeah. man, Kim, you're not going to be sleeping in the same bed for, it sounds like, weeks on end. So, but safe travel. I will come to you wherever you are in the world. <laughs> I will be there. It's true. It is very true. Hey, can I just real quick, Kim, I'm curious, because one of the questions is, are the right people out there? And since what you guys do 
at Logistics Executive Group is place people or, you know, work with companies that are looking to fill those kind of roles. What are you seeing in the marketplace? Yeah, uh, well, good point, Greg. Look, you know, the narrative is there's a war for talent and there's not enough people. The reality is what we're seeing, and Kevin will be more particularly aware of this, is we're seeing this massive transformation, not only in the digital world, but obviously the talent uh, regimes are following that. So you're getting a lot of crossover. You're getting a huge amount of reskilling. You know, one of the big issues that came out of the research recently in Australia was this massive talent shortage in Australia is actually bring people over 60 back into the workforce, uh, support women to be able to, you know, have somebody mm-hmm. to look after the kids while they're back in the workforce. There's enough people around, but as humans and as employers, we're not being in governments, we're not being smart enough to bring the talent that's around and skill it properly to bring it back in to deal with the whole new regime of digital mm. Right. That's great. There's insight. so many transferable skills that people don't recognize. I really hate the idea of um, uh, cubby holding people into specific expertise slots. Right. Right. Well, you can't know anything about supply chain. I need somebody because I, I need somebody for, you know, uh, digital uh, um, social media. You can't know anything about supply chain. It's like, you know, people can know more than one thing and leverage those, integrate them together to, to improve what you're doing. Excellent point. Excellent. Yeah. Making those assumptions will cost you, uh, undoubtedly. All right. So, Greg, uh, love Kevin and Kim's perspective and all the good work they do and the great causes uh, that they're uh, put their, their uh, rope sleeves and put their uh, leadership bandwidth towards. But Greg, uh, amongst other things you you got cooking every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, supply chain commentaries. Those have been great. I love the conversations that follow in the comments. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so tell particular us about- Particular topics drive some very particular comments. And I think, what well, you know, look, um, I obviously I have a, a lot of thoughts about these things. I've been in supply chain for a long time. I understand, I believe, the dynamics of the things that, Kevin and Kim and all of us, frankly, are facing, for instance, this, um, this notion that, um, you know, that it is so hard to change. It is hard to change, right? What you ha- and, and this predilection to tend to change and automate bad old processes. What you have to recognize about digital transformation or supply chain transformation is that you have an opportunity to rethink all of those things. And that's what I try to do with everything. I'll take an article, rethink their their approach or their narrative on a particular topic and and put that um, that position out there what we have to recognize particularly around technology and and particularly around supply chain technology is all of that technology was built when there was a dearth of uh of data and it was built using the presumption that there would always be a dearth of data and that's why that some of these erps as this article in the manufacturer brilliantly pointed out that's why ERPs cannot evolve and you need to layer other technologies on top of them that are open to aware of and useful of this new wealth of data that we have and these new means of using data and technology to make more rapid more accurate more um, sustainable decisions in in technology of any kind but certainly in the supply chain so if you want to hear more of that which I can't imagine that you would 
<laughs> yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'll analyze an article and and put out my narrative on on the topic that it prompts in my mind. Sometimes right in line with the article. Sometimes just something it triggers in this mind of mine. A lot of times, not. I love it. Uh, and sometimes you'll find Kim and Kevin in the comments. So y'all check yeah. it out. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, connect with Greg White on LinkedIn. B uh, by the way, uh, Kim, last time you joined us, uh, we talked about oasisafrica.org. Uh, I love what you're doing there. Y'all check that out. We won't have time to get into it again here today, but check out oasisafrica.org. They they could use your support for sure. Or rather yet, oasisafrica.org.au to get that right. Okay. Um, well, Kevin, Greg, and Kim, we have to wrap here today. Leave it here. Uh, folks, whatever you do, there's so many different excellent initiatives that needs your support, whether it's just your mental bandwidth or your other resources, but just pick one and, and take action. And we remind you of this um, Leveraging Logistics for Ukraine, May 24th working session, no strings attached. You can find that in the comments earlier, or you can go to vectorgl.com and learn more about how to sign up for that. Um, on behalf of our entire team, again, shout out to the production team. Excellent job today, Amanda, Catherine, Chantel, Clay. Safe travels to you, Clay. Uh, big thanks to Kevin L. Jackson, Kim Winter, and uh, Mr. Greg White. Folks, whatever you do, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time, right back here on Supply Chain. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.